0: Featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo. With your host, Patrick Moran.
1: All right, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for for checking in with us, whether it's on the video side, the audio side. It is Tuesday, which means, as usual, I am joined by my good friend, noted hockey author, maintenance day podcast co-host, sports media personality, my man Joe Urdan. What's going on, buddy? How you doing?
2: Doing good, Pat. Doing good, man. It's uh, it's it's been it's been a wild weekend, honestly. Uh, with with all the stuff, I uh, got to go back to uh, one of my old haunts from from college days, uh, yeah. hockey wise, anyways. Syracuse, uh, right? Yeah, Syracuse. We, when I went to Oswego, we we would go down for crunch games, not not all the time, but kind of regularly. Just you know, mm-hmm. just get together, have a bunch of friends, and go hang out and get get some pretty good seats, and then just you know, be heckling idiots basically for the whole game. And uh, yeah, I had like one of my first like b- uh, big NHL media like experiences in college there for a for a preseason game between the Lightning and Blue Jackets. Because elaborate. Yeah, the Crunch, the Crunch were the Blue Jackets' farm team at the time, which was kind of an odd pairing. But mm-hmm. well, I mean, they used to be Vancouver's farm team, so that, that's even weirder. But, um, but it was uh, it was Lightning and Blue Jackets, and you know, the, like the the Crunch set us up with everything, and they were cool. And uh, the Blue Jackets just like weren't doing a whole lot of media stuff that day. But like Tampa Bay just was kind of like, yeah, guys, go go for go nuts, talk to whoever you want. We're like, cool, all right, awesome. So. So my buddy Dom and I. Dom is uh, Dom Dom's a uh, sports sports director out of WDAY in Fargo, North Dakota. Now, so uh, so a couple of media you know guys that became pros later on. Uh, we're you know we got to we called the game. We just basically recorded play by play and whatever. We weren't doing anything live with it. We were just you know there to do it and kind of justify our existence. But uh, we we interviewed John Tortorella before the game because he was coaching the Lightning at the time, and this is. 2 years, 3 years before, 2 seasons before they won the Stanley Cup in 2004. So there's a lot of uh there's a lot of guys on that team that either went on and carried on with that group or were not there much longer but uh but we got to interview torts and we were like hey you know kevin weeks was the backup goalie uh that night kevin weeks you know now with espn was a was a goalie for a long time in the nhl and they're like yeah yeah come on down between periods we're like okay cool we'll talk to him in the hallway or something like no brought us right into the locker room we're like uh is this okay like they're like ah, it's preseason who cares I'm like e- <laughs> it's great um so we interviewed him and saw uh, Matthew Barnaby was playing for the Lightning at that time, and he just, uh, it was a guy in Columbus. He, well, he played for Syracuse his whole career. Well, I don't think he ever played in the NHL. But his name was David Ling, uh, and he knee-on-knee hit a rookie that, uh, in that game, a rookie named Brad Richards. Uh, and knee-on-knee like him. You know, Richards wasn't injured on the play. He took him out. We watched this. We're like, oh, geez, that's nasty. And then Barnaby just came out of nowhere and grabbed this dude and started pummeling him
1: yeah <laughs> and
2: so so like and that was that was in the first period so like we're going down there to talk to weeks between the periods and barnaby's getting like you know he's like in the training room or something like that he is just every curse word you can think of he was saying them about that guy doing that hit and i was just like oh boy this is we're like look out man we might we don't get caught in the uh the whirlwind of this one man because this would be tough but um, but like it, it was, it was such a weird thing because like a lot of the lightning guys that, that were scratched for that game were just like hanging out in the crowd. So, uh, so like our, uh, our friend Brooke, who was like our, uh, she was like our ringside reporter. She went and like, go, went over to him and was like, Hey, who wants to come join us for a thing? And like one of the guys volunteered, uh, his name is Gord, uh, Gordy Dwyer, who is a tough guy in the NHL, uh, went on to become, he's like a junior coach now, I think. Uh, but yeah, it was just such a weird Awesome situation to be able to do all that stuff as, as you know, a couple of college guys that were sure know, trying to figure out our chops and whatnot. But we got the full torts experience though before the game because we asked a couple of questions where he just did that whole torts, like, eh, you guys are college guys, so I got to be nice to you. But like, if we were pros, <laughs> it went off on us completely <laughs> because we, uh, because I asked about uh, this one guy that they drafted. And he's just like, wow, well, he's not here. So I don't care. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. And then uh, my buddy asked about vanilla Vin- Cavalier, who was waiting to get a contract done. So he's technically holding out or whatever. And Torts did the whole like, well, he's not here. And I don't care about him. I only care about the guys that are here. And we're like, okay, John,
1: sorry. <laughs> <Or bad." laughs> I, uh, you know, it's, well, I don't know. It's not really funny, but So I've spent my whole life, minus five years of living in Florida, I've lived in this state my entire life. And I don't think I've ever been to Syracuse, man. Other than driving through maybe to Mm -hmm. go, you know, somewhere else, I don't think I've ever actually been in Syracuse Never to the Dome? No, I've never been to the Carrier Dome for for a football game or a baseball game. I don't know. I don't think I've ever been to a concert there. The, the, The New York State Fair used to be there. Yep. Um, I don't think I ever went there for that, man. And not against Syracuse, I'm I'm good with Syracuse. I just for whatever reason, yeah, I just never actually uh, I've never been there before. I'll Tell you this, uh, I didn't realize well, that now until you were we were discussing. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, I actually <laughs> never. I talk about Syracuse all the time. Their yeah. athletics, the college teams, but yeah, man, I never realized it. I've never actually yeah.
2: the uh the War Memorial where they where the crunch play is a legendary place because they mm-hmm. they shot some of the stuff from Slapshot there. Yeah, I knew that it was there. So, and like the building, it's it essentially looks exactly the same on the inside new coats of paint and making it look nicer and, and all that. But it's still like all it's still an old, old building. Like that's I mean, it's right sure. in the middle of downtown. Um, just a, I, I love old joints like that. Like it just, it's great. Like the one end of the building is a stage, it looks like a giant high school auditorium, really. Oh, it's really? just it, it just it seats like you know, however many thousand people, but um. But that's a cool place to that's a cool place to see a game. And like that night, man, Amorix fans brought it, man. Like they they came out in force. It was it was as close to a I mean, it might have been 60-40 fans to Crunch fans that night. Oh wow. It was a big turnout, like a big, big, big turnout by Amirx fans. Like to the point where they would, you know, in warm-ups, they're putting crunch guys, you know, on the on the board, you know, show them you know skating and warm-ups doing whatever. And they're just getting booed, so they start. They started putting Amerix guys on the board just to keep the crowd quiet. <laughs> it was. It was something else, man. Like it was. It was a hell of an atmosphere. AHL, AHL, playoffs brings it big time. I know, like some of the regular season games can be kind of a bummer because you know it might be like you know twenty five hundred people there, and you are like, eh, whatever. But yeah, you're well, not feeling the
1: energy oh, during man, the regular playoffs season.
2: playoffs are a whole different beast, especially like a winner go home game like that. That was. Oh, that was, was a hot game. It was a hot sure. game, man, and it was an overtime game, and Amherst came, came away with a win, so it was a good night for us to go cover a game.
1: Yeah, for sure. We, we might circle around back to that uh, in a few minutes. So you had a fun weekend in Syracuse. I had a fun weekend. It was uh, my birthday weekend, so I had a little shindig at, and I got to give a big shout-out to him, too, my man Vinny, and you've been there. we talked oh, about yeah. this before, Casey's Black Rock Tavern, and over in Black Rock, kind of borderline uh West I run your buff state campus. Um mm-hmm. big shout out to them. I, I had so much fun. I I really did. Do you know when we get to be our age, Joe, I, I feel like we have like kind of like three groups of friends. I, I, I feel mm-hmm. like you have you have your group of friends that you've become friends with as adults. And maybe you didn't know when you were growing up, but as mm-hmm. an adult you became friends with them. A couple buddies that you like to hang out, not people that you work with. You know, I'm just talking about people that you've become friends with through the years, you know, somebody you'll go out and have a couple beers with or whatever. You ca- I call them new school friends, even though mm-hmm. some of them, you've probably been friends with them for years. And then you have colleagues and peers that you work with that you've become friendly with, friends with, you know, through the years as well. That you'll do stuff outside of going to cover a game. You know, you mm-hmm. guys will meet up, have a good time. So those are kind of like your work buddies. And then you got your old school friends, man, the people that you grew up with. You know, people you went to school with, grammar school, high school, so on and so forth. Your first friends, your first real friends. Yeah. I had, and I was very lucky, man. I was so blessed, too, Saturday. I kind of had like a, a nice little handful of all those represented. Um, You know, I go to one. It was kind of funny because you go to one area of the barn, and, you know, Casey's not, not oh, the yeah. biggest bar. Which, by the way, typical... We all drink too much fashion. So we had, you know, there's a nice bathroom. They got a nice arcade. It's really nice back there. They got some video games. And Vinny worked out a deal because I wanted to hear 80s music. That was like my thing. At least going into the party. I'm like, please, all I give a shit about, I don't care about any private party. I don't need to be taped off any of that shit, man. Mm -hmm. All I care about is I want 80s music. I was feeling very nostalgic. It's kind of why I wanted to have my party at Casey's because it's not far from where I grew up. So anyway, he puts on the Bluetooth speakers. All my friends were like, we're all drunks, man. We don't hang out in the back. We're all chilling Mm -hmm. near the bar, you know, watching their sports games on TV and and Mm -hmm. shit like that. So we never, nobody even went in the back. We all just hung out and and set up camp in the front with some of the, you know, the locals, the regulars that were there as well. But anyway, one part of the bar, I got like Joe Miller from over at Buffalo Rumleys was there, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Chrissy Kimmick, uh, Mafia's Babes, a couple other friends like from that world of mine Mm -hmm. were there. And then I got, like I said, my new school friends that I've been friends with 10, 20 years that I do pretty much everything with now guys that I've and girls that I became friends with as an adult. But the best part for me, my favorite part was seeing some friends that I went to school with, some nice. people that I've known for, you know, I hate saying it publicly. I don't say it often. I'm 52 years old now, bro. So I've I, some of these people I've been friends with for 35, 40 years. Man. and many of them if you see them once every year, once even every couple of years, that's kind of a lot. And it's not that you're not friends with these people anymore. It's just that life happens. You know, yep. you move to a certain area, you got things going on. They do. You just don't get together. So I don't, know, man, it was an awesome time. I been again, big, thank you to Vinny for, for putting it together, taking good care of us and some good deals. Um, the bartender was very attentive to us. That's great. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. When you get to be older, I don't know. Do you get a little more, do you feel yourself as you're aging, get a little more nostalgic? I certainly am. I'm a sentimental dude. I'm like, uh, I'm like Ric Flair in a way. Yeah. You know Ric Flair always cries every time you see him doing interviews yeah. or in the ring and shit mm-hmm. like that. I'm kind of virgin on that point. I start thinking <laughs> about memories and things like that and thinking about Saturday and shit like that. I got, I get very nostalgic, very emotional, man.
2: Yeah. I, I, I've started to become that, become that way. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, I, like this weekend, like this, this Saturday, I'm going to a wedding. I mean, it's, that's one of my, one of my friends that's like local new to here. that like I'm friends sure. with going to that wedding, but then next month in June, like somebody I've known for a long time, like <laughs> we're talking 30, 30 years, or, you know, maybe a little more, uh, is getting wedding or getting married, going to a wedding there for that. So like, that's a big deal. And like, uh, you know, we had that, the, the bachelor jaunt. Uh, a couple weeks ago and you know of our group of nine it was myself and my buddy my buddy john were both like oh we're the last two not married yet we're like all right and while we were driving out while we were driving around we're like we somebody came up with a great idea that would have been great to do that weekend but to uh to use letter kenny as i don't know if you watch letter kenny i do i love that show so somebody mentioned like we should have made this the super soft bachelor party and i'm like oh man what a great idea that would have been and then i was like wait we got two guys left here that still might get married and we're like okay they're like okay well for whoever's next up is getting the super soft bachelor party i'm like oh, shit, now it's a race now i gotta get married because i want to have the super soft bachelor party but like that's the kind of like dumb stuff you do with you know people you've been friends with for you know 20 30 years yeah I mean, just get together and just get kind of stupid and you know it's just kind of like old times just just happen again you know it's you know maybe it's a little less stupid maybe it's more stupid who knows but um but you get thinking about that stuff and it's you know i, I don't necessarily get sentimental about it i get more sentimental about like different family things and whatnot but sure yeah but like with friends I don't know, man. Like that's, that's like a good like a happy serotonin sort of moment where it's just kind of like, Oh man, remember that? That was, that was pretty fun. Um, you know, where it's, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you get, you get older, you're just going to get sucked down into, you know, memory holes and just, you know, get thinking. And, you know, I mean, it's not never, it's, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's taking the good brain drugs now where I don't get sucked down into the really sad, bad stuff anymore, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's inevitable. We just get to that spot.
1: The, there's nothing better to me that when you have a friend that you haven't seen or talked to in a while, and you just have that ability that when you get together with them, you're just able to kind of pick up right where things yep. were, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yep. it's just like a seamless, effortless transition into whatever it is that you're talking about. And you know, I've been with my, I've been married, dude, I've been married for over 20 years now and love my wife and we've had a lifetime worth of memories together, but there's just certain things that before I knew who she was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had a life before that. And it's just, it's really nice just to be able to, to get together with friends. Like mm-hmm. I said, that you don't see often anymore and just kind of reminisce, man. Take that strong out memory. And of course, you know, a couple of shooters, a couple pints of Utica club. And, uh, <laughs> which I did, by the way, have a couple points of Utica nice. club, but- I couldn't resist. There's no way I was going to Casey's and not getting that cheap Absolutely. ass beer. So, man, <laughs> I, I I'm
2: wondering because you have, you know, we've been married for 20 years. Do you have like that group of friends that, like, when you get together, she's just like, Oh, Jesus, here we go. It's no nope. Keep it together, man. Like, just nope. don't get stupid.
1: She's, she's one of the boys. Oh, she, she, right. she, they, they like, my that's friends cool. like her more than me. Oh, you know what I mean? So, I can oh, so that, that's, that's actually never, for, for <laughs> me, at least that's, that's never been a problem. If anything is the other way around. I'm telling her like, come on, man, relax a little bit. Let's, uh, <laughs> just chill here. I'm supposed to be the one getting stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, still so she's still doing the keg
2: stands and you're just like, honey, honey, please. <laughs>
1: No, she does. She keeps me in line. But like I said, whether well, it was older friends, newer friends, uh, the the friends that I've made over the last few years from the podcasting world, Twitter and stuff like that, it was it was awesome seeing them. And I'm not much of an advice giver, but seriously, if you're watching, you're listening to this, go back and reach out to somebody that you were friends with when you were kids that you kind of grew apart from, man. It, it, it feels really good to be able to to uh, reconnect with people. But anyway, that that was a lot of fun. Again, big thank you to Vinny over at Casey's. I'm really sorry I missed out on it, but yeah, 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 the, yeah. the crunch, the crunch, <laughs> uh,
2: the, or I'm sorry, the Ameriks made it, uh, made it possible because I was going because yeah. uh, I went and see
1: saw Game Four, and I was like, well, if they lose, it's done. How dare you like, put oh, hockey and work know. in front of my my I birthday? Know. But I, well, guess this, I I'll, I'll I'll also it
2: blame it. the AHL because like Game Four was what last Sunday, and then yeah. Game Five was six days later on Saturday. I'm like, guys, come on, like, can we can we just get this done? Can we just get it over with? <laughs> <laughs> Nuking my weekend, like, come on.
1: Yeah. Now, typically, and I don't talk about wrestling much on this podcast. And When I do, I admit it, it's self-indulgent. And I know 99% of you guys watching and listening do not give a shit. But I got to tell you, so I didn't watch WWE Backlash was Saturday night. Did not watch it because I was having fun uh, at the bar celebrating my birthday. I did on Sunday. I intended to go and just watch a couple of minutes of it, maybe a clip or two. And then I'm watching the whole thing on Sunday. I gotta tell you, man, and you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Generally speaking, Backlash has always been the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. That's kind of just like a bunch of rematches, basically, from WrestleMania. No new shit really goes on. And it's just like one of those whatever pay-per-view events each year. But I'm telling you, man, they're in Puerto Rico this year. First time in 18 years that WWE's had a premium live event in Puerto Rico. One of... You saw Elimination Chamber in February, how, how hot the crowd was with Sami mm-hmm. Zayn, just the whole night, that crowd. I'm telling you, and that was awesome in Montreal. I'm telling you, dude, this was even better on, well, Saturday night. I watched it Sunday. I'll pull up a real quick clip. Bad Bunny, as some people know, at least casual wrestling fans, maybe not, but Bad Bunny probably, in fact, he is the number one string musical artist on this earth right now in mm-hmm. the world. And he's been a lifelong wrestling fan and he is really good in the ring too. Mm-hmm. But, um, he's obviously from Puerto Rico and I, I want to play a quick clip. If you're watching this on video or, or I guess just listening on audio too. Oh, it's, it's like 40 seconds. I'm going to play worth, but dude, this was, uh, this was sick. Listen to this. Cause Joe, by the way, so Joe was in Syracuse. He did not watch it. This is your first time seeing this too. Yes. Listen to this crowd and how quickly they got into it when bad bunny was introduced. Uh-
3: Island that made hardcore famous. God, buddy's got toys all legal under San Juan Street Fight Roll.
1: dude. It was you could hear it even just in that video. That crowd was bonkers for yeah. him, they were bonkers the whole night. They were into it like crazy. As Elena Vega got a huge standing ovation, her family was at ringside. She wrestled Rhea Ripley, standing ovation afterwards, tears all over the place she was trying to rise out it was it was just it was awesome what a great moment by the way for damien priest to be in that kind of spot good yeah. for him too you know that was a great match and in that match and again i know you missed it mm-hmm. they went all out too you know your usual suspects interfered the judgment day and right and uh ray mysterio and, and lwo came out but you know what else came out in the crowd oh i've got to find this clip too
2: wait 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 <laughs> I, I, wait. you said lwo
1: lwo's back yeah, oh, that's right. You're not really watching. World all that order much back, anymore. man. That's I forgot that you're not really, really watching wrestling that much anymore. No. I'm trying to hold on one second. I as we're talking, see if I can pull it up quick enough. I don't want to give it away. I'd rather show you. <laughs> where uh, it's going to be too late, man. All right. Anyway, Carlito came out, and the crowd went. Carlito. Carlito Jesus. came running out to make the save. You know what I mean? When they okay. were getting the Judgment Day was jumping him. He came out. And so did uh Savio Vega too. Oh, he was in the no aisle. Shit. Yeah, so they pull okay. up all the stops, man. It was a it was a great card, a, a great night of wrestling. But you know, at its best, wrestling is Joe. I don't care if we're in the 40s, 50s, if you're a teenager or a little kid, wrestling's at its best when it's just fun. When the yeah. crowd, the energy from the crowd can make a show so much more fun. And mm. man, ha- hats off to uh hats off to Puerto Rico. it, it, it was really uh Really cool. If you get a chance, go back and watch. it. Is that a hot take alarm going off on your right it, well, it is. I don't know. You're it's, not even talking. You don't get no hot take It's Crazy man. <laughs> man. They're, they're just they're zinging
2: me anytime I'm I'm doing stuff.
1: It's, by the way, uh, uh, and by the way, this is a rare occasion where we tape. So we generally tape this, and that's what we're doing today, Monday afternoon for a Tuesday drop. Usually not missing too much, but uh, kind of sucks taping this right now because the NHL lottery is tonight. So yep. by the time people are listening to this, we're already gonna know how that plays out. I'm a big Knicks fan, huge must-win game four for uh, the New York Knicks. Again, prefacing this by saying this is going to be old news because by the time people hear or watch this, we're already going to know. But if mm-hmm. you could pick one or two teams where you would personally like to see a uh, counter-Bernard, who's obviously the main prize of this draft lottery go-to, if you could pay, hand-pick one or two teams that you think would be a good fit for him, maybe him. Or maybe a good fit for that just that organization, or maybe for the league in whole. If you had your choice, like what are one or two spots that you'd like to see him go when this draft lottery comes tonight? Which again, people, you'll know by tomorrow.
2: Yeah, th- I've been thinking about this for a while because I've I've done uh, I, I did a uh, a piece like a like a power rankings kind of thing for for Bleacher Report about you know who who deserves or who sh- you know who you know it's basically like who do I want to see him go to? Which is sure. Exactly the kind of thing I want to do, or it's like my opinion matters the most. Everybody can of course. chew on it. Um yeah. Look at look at it like this, you know, the lineup of teams, because now it's I mean it's evenly split that you know, sixteen yeah, sixteen teams make the playoffs, sixteen don't. Um, but only the the eleven worst can get right shot at number one. Like the the saber if the sabers win the lottery, they move up to three, which sure. you know, still be pretty.
1: Cool 2% chance of that happening too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Not not much of a chance, but still a chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um the the ones that I to me that would be most interesting I I I can't have it be Chicago. Get Chicago the hell, like I no. No. We Chicago you've had your moment in the Sun Chicago. Get the hell out of the way. Like and plus they were pretty pretty really obvious about what their intentions were this season <laughs> when they were what they were doing. Um I I the, the, I, I really would like to see him. I think Columbus would be fine. I mean, it doesn't make sense for media purposes. Like, I'm I'm not the right person to pick out a team for ratings purposes. Like, no, sure, absolutely not. This is your preference. Right. Um, I think I think Philly. I think Bedard and Philly would would set everybody's hair on fire. Yep. Because people either you know, Flyers fans love the Flyers. Everybody else hates the Flyers, and they're you know they've been on the downswing here, and you know they got torts there, the whole thing. But Philly would be really fun. That would be that would be a lot of fun to see them to see them come away. Because I mean, some of these other teams, like I mean, imagine if Washington gets them, Jesus, you know, like suddenly you go from like they might not be, they might be out of the out of the playoffs for a while here, might be a bad run, and then you know Ovi's getting gonna pass Gretzky's record in a in a year because he's got Bedard feeding the bucks, you know? Like <laughs> um, you know, like if Detroit finally yeah are One, two, three, four, five, six. Detroit's, six, five. Six, oh, yeah, like Detroit's five. eligible. Like they got kind of hosed out of getting the number one pick a couple of years in a row because they were they were they weren't tanking bad. They were just bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And like they the the one year they ended up picking fourth. Like they were supposed to be number one. They got picked fourth. Like that Shit sucks, man. Like, so if Detroit got it, that would be that would again make everybody really mad because a lot of us still remember when Detroit was good. They haven't been good for ten years now, roughly. Well, seven years, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. But like, I think that would make people mad. But Philly would infuriate people. So would Montreal. Montreal getting them would be a would be so obnoxious. It, I... would, be, it would be one of the most obnoxious things possible. Vancouver would be right up there too uh but montreal way way more because montreal's had some they had some lottery luck last year they, and they picked uh Slavkowski. like they've and they got a pretty good young core on the way up like not maybe as good not as good as what Buffalo's got cooking right now but like they're they're like a player or two evolving from being you know kind of in the mix not too not too soon afterwards. So I, I that that would be really interesting. But like for you know I I mean I don't know. I don't want to see him in Montreal because I would like to have like the next, you know, friggin' McDavid be in America. (laughs) You know, McDavid winding up in Edmonton was like the worst of all possible outcomes, and it just sucks ass that he's still there. Um, So I I would like, obviously, the best thing is have him on the East Coast. Have him with a you know with a kind of a high profile team. Philly really hits hits that hits that target really hard um but as far as like franchises that need him Columbus really needs him Arizona sure. really needs him um San Jose I mean San Jose had a lot of really good good runs for 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 years they could really use him you know like those are teams where I'm kind of like man cut them a break like let's let's see if they can maybe get one I, I, Anaheim was god awful this year they had injuries they had all sorts of stuff but like Bedard playing with Ziegler Troy Terry, that'd be fun as hell. Like those guys doing, you know, circus act stuff every night on the ice. The only problem is they play out west. It's tough to stay up to 10 30, 10, 10 30 every night to watch a game. Like that's hard.
1: That's a big, Um, that's a that's a big factor. For me, it's a big factor, at least anyway, man. But yeah, Um, just keep Chicago, keep Montreal out of it. Like that's (laughs) those are
2: those are my rooting preferences. You know, like it St. Louis gets them. I mean, that'd be wild. But um I mean, it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't hit for me. Like, yeah, maybe this is me being like boardroom, you know, boardroom guy, but like Philly, Philly would be the one that would be a perfect spot, but also deeply upsetting to very many people.
1: I, so I put out a tweet and again, by the time people are watching or listening to this, you're already going to know. So it's all going to be a moot point, but it's it's funny you say Philly because I put out a tweet and I power rank my spots and I'd like to see him go. And uh, I had Philly number one. I nice. had Philly one and I had Detroit two. I did have Montreal three, although I do agree with your point as you're making it about you already got Connor McDavid in Canada Do we really want, you know, but are there as well. But my thought process wasn't generally speaking, I think people, Sabres fans, would rather just see him go out west, you oh, know, yeah. whether it's Arizona, whether it's Anaheim, whether it's San Jose or whoever. I'm the opposite, man. I want to see great players play in Buffalo more often. I want to see the Sabres. I love when the Sabres play the Oilers, you know, my son, who, again, he's 20 years old. He is just starting to become a real fan. Mm -hmm. He's been a casual fan. He's starting to get into it a little bit more, but when they, when, when Edmonton came to town, um, late in the season, Mm -hmm. he sat there and he watched every second of that game and he was into it. And in part that's because of guys like Connor McDavid, who's a superstar. I want to watch the Sabres play these guys. So, so fuck that shit, man. About you know going out to the West. <laughs> I don't care if he goes to Philly and it creates a good rivalry or whatever. I want to see the guy play more. I want to see if, if it's mm-hmm. Columbus, if it's Detroit, um, Chicago. Think, yeah, so so. But anyway, like I just want to watch that
2: rivalry was though, man. Like the Philly Buffalo yeah. rivalry, like all through the nineties and early two thousands was awesome. It that would was be an awesome rivalry.
1: I I don't like Montreal. I don't like the organization, and I get why some people want them in America. Absolutely, but. You know, the Sabres play in Montreal. What What do they play? Five times a year? F, four, uh, four. Four, four, four times, times time a four, year. Two, my yep. bad. Four. So to, to see them four times a year, twice a year in Buffalo, sign me up for that, man. Yeah. Any any team that I could watch him play four times a year, 100% Uh, sign me up for. Take a quick break. But, or before we do, I should say two quick things. Number one, not going to talk about it because I'd be I'd be fronting because I, I haven't followed them all year. But the bandits shout out to them they they crushed Rochester over the weekend they're in the eastern finals now against Toronto game 1s in buffalo on friday so uh congratulations to them i know a lot of there's a lot of bandits fans out there it's a shame uh that there's not more podcasts out there to discuss them and i'll point the finger right at myself and <laughs> and this show as well for not finding a way to to talk about them more but that's pretty cool for uh, a lot of buffalo fans here and then quickly, I don't want to stick on this for too long because we—I do want to talk some actual Buffalo Sabers here after the break. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, so they get out of the first round, and they're just running. Florida's been like a buzzsaw. They're up three games and nothing. And look, sometimes stats, Joe—they, you know this—they could be misleading. But this speaks volumes right here. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Nylander, Mitch Mariner have combined for zero. Goals, four star players, three games, three losses to Florida, mm-hmm. zero goals combined. Again, stats can be misleading at times, but this one kind of punches you in the face if you're mm-hmm. a Toronto fan. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Leafs hater, so it's <laughs> <laughs> still getting swept would be a nice consolation after them getting, because them losing in the first round is always the most fun thing, getting right. swept. As the favorites would be a nice consolation prize, but uh dude, I mean what, what's your level of surprise right now that this is playing out like this? It's gotta it, be pretty high.
2: It's it's stunning. Yeah, you know, I I you know we've seen teams that have like that hump to get over in the playoffs, like and it takes them forever to do it. And then when they finally get over it, like they get past like that barrier that's on in the road to a championship. Mm-hmm. They finally get past that, they just run, like they run. They can't be stopped. They just win, and then it's you know they're celebrating at the end of it. We've seen it happen. You know, we saw it happen with the Cubs, saw it happen with the Red Sox, saw it happen with you know a whole bunch of other teams in other sports where it was like they got got that got that ape off their back, and they were like, "All right, we're good, we're gone." I was convinced this Leafs team was going to do that because it was because it wears on you, like the whole you know the whole weight of the city. Sure, it's kind of the weight of Canada too. I mean. You know, people, Like, it's not like, not that people in like Saskatoon are rooting for the Maple Leafs. They're not, but like the whole thing about, you know, the cup hasn't been in Canada since 93, hasn't been won by a Canadian team since 93. Like, that's a sure. big deal. Absolutely. But oh, man, like they're playing like they won the title in the first round. Like they're playing like a team that is just kind of like, all right, cool. We did it. We're done. Awesome. Like game three was, it was a must win game. You gotta win it. Like you win it or you're down 3-0. And the next game's, you know, also on the road. And they played like crap, just straight up bad. No urgency, no, no press, no anything. And like, you know, they get the first goal, and it was kind of like, ah, cool. We got the lead. We're good. We've seen them do that a hundred times, it feels like, at the towards the end of the season. When Buffalo was up there late in the season. It was the same thing. Like they scored the first goal, they're like, "Ah, all right, cool, we're done." And then the Sabres came back and kicked them in the teeth the rest of the game. Like it's it's amazing to see a team that's got that much talent on it just kind of stop. Yeah. You know, like they just they just stop and they're just kind of like, "Oh, they're fighting back." Oh. I thought they were just going to roll over for us. Nobody rolls over in the playoffs. Well, you know, Minnesota Wild kind of rolled over in the playoffs, but like but I mean like Toronto is just playing horrible hockey. And you know, now they're <laughs> You know, now Samsonov got hurt last game. Joel Wall, you know, third string goalie comes into play. And now it's, you know, Wall's a pretty good goalie. We saw him a lot with, with, with the Marlies this year. But like, you're talking second round of the playoffs. You're trying to get to the conference finals. You're trying to win a cup. Dude, right. like, you're down 3 0 now. Like, none of your star guys are doing anything. Like, even the fancy stats are not in their favor. It's not like they're doing stuff and they're not scoring, like, just bad luck. Right. They're not doing shit. Mitch Marner yep. M- has been horrible, and like it's and it's not entirely on him. It's his line mates too because they're not playing well either.
1: It's, <laughs> you know, I, I liken it in a way, and I don't know why the the comparison came up to me, but it was like, for years when the Bulls couldn't get over the hump and beat the Pistons, you know, yep. I kind of liken that with yep. the with the Leafs getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's like once the Bulls got through the Pistons, finally they became unstoppable. Yep. So once Toronto finally got over that hump, beat Tampa and get out of the first round I was like all right well this team I, well, they might win the cup right now yep. but it's kind of like the bulls if they beat the pistons but then they go get the the shit kicked out of them by uh utah or something you know I mean? right in the finals yep. or even the next round before that it's just crazy um from a sabers perspective too it, it's tough to not keep thinking over and over and over again god damn you're watching what florida's doing um mm. the sabers were two points out of being in that spot you know you can't yep. say one because they would have lost a tiebreaker but two right. points And they're in that spot that Florida's in right now, maybe. But also, let's give a lot of credit to Florida because they, I mean, they they beat Boston and -hmm. they're on the verge of sweeping perhaps Toronto, certainly beating them in a series. So I don't know, man. It's been really fun and exciting. And again, as somebody who's not a Leafs fan,
2: good. I tell you what, though, like, I love the way Florida's been playing. Uh, I, they, they've played with, you know, tenacity. They play with an edge and nasty to them, you know, like Kachuk. I love Matt Kachuk. He's a, Friggin' great player great great player I love that he makes other teams really mad I love that he makes the fans mad like I'm just that's the kind of hockey fan I am guys that make people mad and are great at the game perfect like that's everybody here hates Brad Marchand he's amazing he's an amazing (laughs) player you hate him but he's doing his job that's why you hate him like he does all that stuff that drives you crazy but then he's gonna score a couple goals and you're going to hate him even more. Like it's, it's that kind of stuff. And you know, the, the Panthers, like he's, he's really good. Barkov's a great center. Sam Reinhardt's been unbelievable. Yeah. Playoffs. He's nobody wants to hear about it here. Nobody, like everybody's kind of like, Hey, you know, whatever. I think everybody made their peace with Sam. I think Jack's the one everybody's mad at. Nobody wants Jack to do, do well. Sam's a little bit of a different story because I think, I think what get, got lost about Sam was that he wanted to sign a long-term deal here. He wanted to, and Botchel never brought him one. Like he was just like, "No, nah, well, we got to we got to sign you to a bridge deal." Like, all right, man, and then drag it out all summer long and wait till you know, like days, day, couple days into training camp to finally get it done. Like, come on, really? Like it, this guy says he wants to, he wants to get a long-term deal done. You're not going to do it? Like, hmm. all right. And then it got to the point where it was like, well. The team's awful again, like for the second time while he's been here. And he's a UFA after the next season. You you can't keep him. <laughs> you gotta trade him, and they did. Trade worked out pretty well f- for, for for for, Buffalo. I mean, Devin Levi's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good player. And uh who who did they get with the first uh, da, 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 da. oh it's killing me. Well, I should have all well, the yeah, I think, I think it was memory. Kulik. It was
1: Kulik, I believe. Yeah,
2: it was Kulik, yeah, that's right. So I mean might be a Saber next season, so uh, you yeah. know. I mean, which we're going to talk about in a minute. We'll get into that, but like, I mean, that's that's a perfectly great mutual trade, honestly. Yeah. Like, Panthers get a guy that's a you know sky high hockey IQ. The the play he makes, the score and OT, like hit like Ekblad makes an unbelievable pass A, and then Reinhardt just has the the wherewithal to like pull up, wait for help to come in, and then start it going, and then he just tucks in the wraparound perfect like it's the little things like it's little things like that that you don't notice With you know like the super smart hockey high iq hockey guys you don't you'll miss a lot of that stuff you go back and watch the replay oh wow how did he know to do that he saw it coming like he knows what's going on like everywhere on the ice it's 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 too bad because i think i think reinhardt the player maybe not the personality the player would have fit in great with this group and you know it, it is what it is. It's all done. It's over with. But um, but man, he's he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player.
1: He is. And you know, to your point, quickly here about Reinhardt and Sabres fans coming to peace with just how things played out, in part because of the return that they got for him. And I don't think fans hated him. It's no. the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe Boston, one of those two teams. Certainly are the two teams that Sabres fans hate the most. Mm-hmm. Um Sabres fans are probably relishing right now Toronto being on the verge of being swept. With Reinhardt on Florida, I would venture to say that if Jack Eichel was a Florida Panther, that there would be a lot of Sabres fans that would actually root for Toronto to win this series because that would be how badly they don't want to see Jack Eichel get anywhere near a Stanley Cup. Do you agree with that?
2: Uh, I, to a to a slight degree, I agree with it, but I think that turns into a rooting rooting for the referees or rooting for a meteor to strike the arena <laughs> type situation for for Sabres fans. Like if you force them to pick one of them, they're saying. No, I, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to not choose because I (laughs) don't want, I don't want anybody to get anybody to get any excitement out of this. Besides Florida rosters, got got so many former Sabres on the team, Uh like just from like the last couple of years, man, Uh like it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. And it's guys, it's so many guys where it's kind of like, wait, that guy's there. Oh, shit. Okay. Weird. How did, oh, he's good now. Oh, that's messed up. All right. Great. Perfect. Brandon
1: Montour. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. We'll be right back. Plenty more with Joe Yarden.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: MyPatriotSupply.com
1: Alright, I'm back with Joe Yernin from Maintenance Day Podcast, also of course, Noted Hockey and the Bleacher Report. Guys, make sure that you are, if you're watching this on the video side, that you subscribe on YouTube or follow us on Spotify, Apple. we on all the platforms out there. Alright, so I, I kind of want to get to two uh, Sabre topics here. One of them You wrote uh, a noted hockey, which again, by the way, go check it out. Note hockey.substack.com. Link in the show notes here. Five bucks per month, man. Can't go wrong. But anyway, Joe put out over the weekend an interesting article. I thought about the team, the Sabres growing a sustainable farm system. You know, lightning can strike anywhere at some point, but it it looks like they're building a a team that's going to be good for a while. And, you know, discuss some of the, the, the young prospects that are, you know, they're becoming you as you wrote, they're becoming better players right in front of our own eyes here. And you talked about Paterka and Quinn last year, mm-hmm. and this year it's been uh Lucas Rusek and, and Yuri Kulik and Isaac Isaac Rosine. See, I'm I'm saying his name right now, it's not Rosine? anymore. There. I am getting better this year. So you know, a lot of young talent on this team, a lot of sustainability, it seems, but you also wrote and kind of elaborate this on a little bit, some uh the leadership in the locker room and that matter as well instead of just you know these young star players that even casual Sabre fans know about but there's a lot of elements to go into building uh you know a farm system that's going to be good and, and sustainable for a while so kind of just talk about what you wrote
2: yeah so one of the things that that sticks out about this crew is that it's it's very Sabre like and how the guys all really like each other you know which it's hard to get that kind of thing happening happening anywhere in sport, never mind like in Buffalo and the you know the Sabres organization mm-hmm. never mind that stuff anywhere to get like everybody kind of be on the same page and everybody likes each other and everything's everything's good and of course with the you know with the the clarifier that winning always makes everybody happy sure. but um but this is a crew that where everybody just seems to support each other really well um and it starts with the veteran guys um you know and you, and even and even in Rochester's case it's the coaches i didn't talk about the assistant coaches but i mean you know having michael Peck and mike weber goes a long way because those guys aren't very far removed from their own careers so they're able to kind of identify and 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 help out with a lot of those things but um but it's it's guys that you know either won't wind up in buffalo or it might take a lot of things happening for them to wind up in buffalo to be able to 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 be players with the sabers but you know it's guys it's guys like uh the captain michael mersch like it's been the all basically a career AHL guy he got a handful of games with the kings years ago um but just a just a good dude you know like he's been through it he's seen it all on in in the minor league road so um having a guy like that to kind of bounce things off of and he's 30 like not old like 29 30 years old so he's he's able to kind of uh, you know fall in with with some of these guys that are you know in Kulik's case he's 18 well 19 now but he just just turned 19 like you know with him with you know with Rusek, he's 20 21 20 some 22 something like that um and you know and you know Roseanne's you know Roseanne's also very young like it's having a constant stream of those guys around um to be able to 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 the kind of ground things and make everybody feel comfortable uh because I, I I remember you know in Previous iterations of the of the Amherst, you'd have some younger players down there, but you'd have veterans around them that were not really there to support younger teammates. They were there because they were getting paid a lot of money uh, because they thought they were going to get NHL jobs, didn't. And then they were just kind of like, great, we're here. Neat, like cool, I'm in Rochester. Like, bad enough I signed with the Sabres. I'm in yeah, Rochester. I'm not even one. on the main roster.
1: I'm on, right. I'm on the farm team for this, you know, the stinky sabers.
2: Yeah. So it, it's it, it's not having guys like that around that yeah. are and you know, there's some guys that have like the old school mindset of, you know, where you know you gotta make a rookie's life miserable or you gotta make the young guys miserable because that's how it was for them. All that stuff's gone with these guys. I mean, you know, you Mersh, Malcolm Suban, Malcolm Suban might be one of the might be one of the most fun nicest guys in the world which is you know probably not hard to recognize because of his brother PK I mean PK just seems like he's a party everywhere he goes but mm-hmm. Malcolm's a little bit more grounded and he's just a good dude Michael Hauser's a great dude a backup goalie these are like great guys to have around with this group because you you need to have that kind of, you know, it, it's more hands-on stuff because the games are on the weekend. So you're you're spending a lot of time during the week in practices. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of downtime in between games because mm, it's just the way the schedule goes. But like those guys, you know, you think of uh, Lawrence Pilots, another one, like he's young still too, but he's been around, like he's been in the NHL. He's been in the KHL, like mm-hmm. he's, he's been around the bend. But it's you know it's Mersh, it's Ethan Prow who you know we saw get like a get a couple games here with the Sabers a couple years ago. You know guys like out of that role that just provided. Sean Malone. Sean Malone might be the most might have the most bad luck of anybody on the Amherst roster because there's been a few situations in like the last year or so where if he was healthy he was playing in he would have played in Buffalo. Didn't work out for him, but you know he's another guy that's like. Trying, you know, he's sticking with it. He still plays hard, plays a you know, really solid two-way game. Maybe he'll get those maybe he'll get those games in the future with Buffalo, but you know, you gotta have the good luck. But it doesn't deter him from from what he's doing. Like he just just does his job, leads the way, and he's even closer in age to some of these young guys, too. And you know, it's it's having guys like that to help bring along these guys. And these are guys that that might be in Rochester for for you know for longer than just one year. You know, these are guys that might be that might be around in the organization for a while, and it's it it helps bring these new guys along because next year they're you know maybe you know you know maybe Roseanne's still there, you know maybe Rusek is you know kind of in between, but you're going to be adding like two, three, four guys right now that I know are going to be in Rochester next season. You know, like you you need to have those kinds of guys around all the time because you're you need to have that positive influence with them and help them along. And the coaching staff goes a long way to that, but having, but having like those vets around to to kind of keep things in check is, is really good.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was a good article. It was a good read. And yeah, I kind of never really thought of it in those terms before you think minor leagues, you just think of young guys who are, you know, sharpening their skills, holding their crack a little bit, waiting their mm-hmm. opportunity, but in some cases, some of the veterans are hoping for another crack, but yeah, yeah, you you learn that having that leadership, having the right character in a minor league locker room is really important, besides obviously good coaching, but you know, having some veteran players in that locker room is really good for the young prospects and you know helps nurture and develop them more. Um, it was a good read, man. And then kind of circling to how I feel like the Sabres, the path to the roster. Let's just call it the path yeah. to the roster next year. You look at this team right now as it is, and again, we're gonna have plenty of time throughout the summer. Wait. Well, what? Oh, I was gonna say, Oh, no, well, yeah, we'll have a lot of time. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> you know, and, and and then you know, coming up, there'll be some trade. Well, there's gonna be trades, maybe not sabers involved, but the trades, free agency. So there's gonna be opportunities to add players. But you look at this roster as is constructed right now, and I think on the forward side, your top two lines are pretty much set. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's any debate in that. I think Casey Middlestat, whether he's a winger or a center, he's going to be anchoring that third line. It certainly looks like um, Peyton Krebs looked good on that fourth line. I would say he's pretty much a lifeless. He's a young kid. He's a lock. Mm-hmm. So, so there goes your forwards. You probably got Greenway because they traded for him, gave up oh, a yeah. decent amount. He's somewhere in that bottom six. Throw him wherever you want. This isn't about who's out the third or right. who's the fourth line. We're just talking about the roster right now. Mm-hmm. So you can add Greenway for sure. Maybe you add one of Twin Akposo or gergenson's. I mean, bringing them both back is probably, you know, it's a possibility. I don't know how likely it is. Maybe uh, Joust, is a, he's a restrictive free agent. Yep. So um, I don't know, man. You Let's start with the fours, I guess. So if you got two lines set and you got set and Krebs, that gives you four. Four openings. Maybe five if you want to have an extra four. So, mm-hmm. again, Greenway takes away one of those. Akposo and Gergenson's. I feel like you got maybe two forward spots for two forwards to join this team, whether it's Kulik or somebody from Rochester, or whether it's a free agent, whether it's a trade, does that sound about right? Like maybe two to three forwards you got room for new ones.
2: Yeah. We we were talking about this, uh, you know, myself, Lance, uh, Bill Hoppy, and Heather Engel, we were rode out to Syracuse. So we got, this was one of the conversations we were having was, you know, who is, You know, you know what spots are going to be there to be had, Mm -hmm. Um, and we were, you know, we're breaking it down. And you know, again, we settled that. You know, top line is square, second line basically square. Sure, Um, and then we're like, okay, well, you know, what happens with Pozo and Gergensen's? And they, I mean, they love both guys. I don't see any way a Pozo doesn't come back. I, I, I'm pretty much banking on him getting a getting a one year contract for two million dollars or something like that. He'll come back. He'll, he'll get to play his thousandth game here. Like he'll still get to be a leader within the room. The whole, you know, the whole thing. Like probably I, still so wear a C too, right? Maybe I don't know. I'm not totally sure okay. about that. I mean, it, and it's not it's not he'll to be knock a leader, on him, but like he'll be. I mean, he'll absolutely be. He'll be in that leadership group. Uh, absolutely. Um, sure. Whether he's wearing the letter or not, I don't. It doesn't matter. I, I the letter thing is, I don't know. Uh, it's a big discussion point. It's a big deal, uh, but it's a bigger deal uh, to make sure you have the right person wearing the letter to be the kind of, you know, the representative, the guy after the bad losses that you have to, that has the right words to say, Um, you know, Kyle, Kyle's absolutely that guy. He's been great at that role, but you know, maybe, maybe he's a, maybe it'll be a thing where he's, you know, he's, can like pull it back and be like, all right, these young guys are ready. This is their team now. Like they can take it over. So sure. they should have, they should have one of their, one of the best of them take, you know, take it by the reins and go with it. We'll see. I we will see. Um Gergensen's, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to Gergensen's because he's the kind of guy you want to have in the playoffs. Like he's the exact, I've been, we've been saying this for years about him. Like he gets to the playoffs, that dude's going to eat and they haven't done it yet. But he's still he's still a solid defensive forward. But I wonder if you know, I, I do wonder if maybe he wants to stick around, or if it's you know, or maybe they have a different idea of what's going to happen. That's why I think the acquisition of Greenway foggies that up a little bit because okay. he kind of seems like the guy that would take that spot because uh, you know because he is big, he you know he can play, he can defend, he is physical, like he does all those things. Uh, but but they have him signed for what two more years. Yeah. Uh, you kinda, you know, you're kinda you're kind of there with that. And I think if you're re resigning Zemgus, you're probably doing another two-year deal with him, more than likely. But then it's like, all right, are you just gonna have him fight with Greenway for, for ice time because you want to get Yuri Kulik into the mix? Because I I'm convinced, I'm convinced Kulik's gonna be on the Sabres next year. E Kulik mm-hmm. or Rusek. Maybe, maybe both. But I think it's really hard for both to do it. Uh, I think they'll give Rusek a really long look because I think they like him. He's a good player. He's a he's a really good player. Um, but the, but you know, just looking at that fourth line, like the the fourth line group there, like just those two guys, I don't know which way that's going to break. I'm you know, I'm ninety five percent sure Apozo is going to come back. I'm not. So sure about Gergenson's,
1: but takes two to tangle, right, Joe? I mean, oh, yeah. it's not like it's not like Gergensen's will have zero interest around the league, and it's yeah. whether you come to the Sabres or you're not really going anywhere. There right. might be teams that want that scrappy oh, for absolute who can eat, like you said, in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. There might be some demand in the market for, for Gergensen's. It's a two-way streeter. Definitely, definitely. I, I
2: think he's a guy that that fits like you know, for a team that's looking to kind of round out a bottom six that thinks like how oh, we could use a little help in this area. Mm-hmm. That's an area that, you know, given how offensive the league is now, having a guy that can go get around and hit and play a little play solid defense, get in forecheck, do all, you know, do all those those grit and grind things that are that coaches love. He does them. Like, and he does them without without a second thought. He's just he's like, that's the job he's gonna go do it, which is like I said, coaches love guys like that. But it's that third line that gets a little curious because it sure. I mean, maybe this is just the vibe feeling from you know the way that the way the season ended for him or how things went, but it really is f- feels like Victor Olson maybe has played his last game as a Saber. I
1: didn't even I didn't even mention him. Yeah, that's really weird you say that, and you're right, a hundred percent. It's a great point no. that you bring up. It's like I didn't even I didn't even mention him yeah. about guys that are you know sticking <laughs> around or this and that. I almost it's, feel like it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Is going to get moved. It is weird, isn't it? Because this like guy scored, scored twenty-seven he scored 28 goals, or goals, twenty-eight so he goals, goals. Like, higher goals. You and know? I've already like, ridden him off as somebody who they're going to deal. I just, I just feel that in my bones. But anyway, that's a yeah. good point
2: you bring up. So, yeah. I mean, you know, 20, I mean, twenty-eight goals ain't nothing to sneeze at. People would be oh, empty netters. Man, everybody scores empty netters. Like goal scorers score empty net goals. That's what they. That's what they do, man. You know. But I mean, like. It's so because like this was the progression we saw for him coming. Like get him a full season, you know, get him in like an 82 game season. Let's see what he can do. And last year he played with a you know, with an injury some somewhere in his wrist that kind of sapped his sapped his shot for like 20, 30 games, it felt like. Uh and that took away from him. But I mean, 28 goals ain't nothing, man. Like, and it was seven were on the power play. Like, okay. Like, I mean, he's still a power play weapon. He still has that shot, but it feels like he's a luxury piece for yeah. for for what the Sabres are building right now and what they're going with. He's the kind of guy that fits in with a playoff team that you know that has a power play that that's rough you know you look or you know you find a le or a team that or a or a poor you know a not as good team that just needs scoring period and he can go fill that role. I think the worry is that the five on five play might stick out really bad, so um so it could be an issue for you know for maybe trading him or whatever but i mean he was a minus 20 whatever it was minus 23 this season which you know, i mean plus minus is whatever but like that's still kind of bad
1: yeah still pretty I,
2: bad but you know um but i mean like the easy quote unquote easy thing for anybody you know analyzing this is saying like well if you trade Olofsson, there's your coolie spot right there which yeah,
3: probably.
1: <laughs> <you're> play with <laughs> middle right? You could, you could, I can certainly envision him playing with middle stat on that third line. No, yeah, yeah, him, like, yeah, him, him with Casey
2: and maybe and somebody new. <laughs>
1: right. yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe maybe somebody, somebody
2: new. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's Tyson Jost. I don't know. I know Jost really wants to come back. He made that very apparent to uh, to to to, to Don and Kevin. So he, I mean, he really wants to be back in, but. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't let's know. Say, let me ask you a question, Joe. Let's let's go ahead and let's put Kulik on this roster, and also let's trade Olafson. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's just swap them. And I said you got your top six, you got Middlestead. you got Krebs. That's immediately eight. Kulik would be nine. Let's say you bring back Ocposo and you lose Gergenson's. That would be ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenway would be eleven. There, you're you're talking maybe yep. not counting Kulik, maybe just one spot where you're going to add a Ford that's not yeah, on this yeah. roster right now, whether yeah. that's a Rusek, whether that's a, a trade, whether that's a, mm-hmm. a free agent kind of feels about right. Yeah. yeah. One, maybe one new Ford, not counting Kulik. So if you want to count Kulik, you're looking at probably at least two mm-hmm. Fords. Yeah. Sounds about right. Correct.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds right. And plus Adams, you know, you know, he said he's, he doesn't want to block anybody's path to the NHL. Like he's, he said that at the end of the season, like he just doesn't want to, he doesn't want to keep guys down. Just because it's a numbers game. Like they just don't want to do that. And it makes sense because, I mean, imagine imagine if there was a player, any player that was blocking the path of Jack Quinn this year. People sure. would be screaming to get that guy off the team. Just right. like, get him out of here. You know, Quinn would be scoring, you know, two goals a night in the AHL and people would be losing their mind, rightfully so. Um, Cool I mean, Jesus, we're talking about a guy who scored over 20 goals as an 18 year old in a very mature AHL league. Like that's, it's a lot. That's a lot of action, and a lot of goals from, from somebody who probably shouldn't be having that. Don't, players that age don't usually have that kind of success in the AHL just because, you know, it's, they're usually coming from Europe. So it's a whole new setup. It's a whole new thing. Um, uh, but for him, it was just natural, and you know, it took him till about Christmas to to pick it up. Same same amount of time it took all these other guys that, that lit it up in, in Rochester. Took them like two months to adjust, two two and a half months to adjust, and then once they got it, they were gone. Like they yeah. took off with of it and ran. So, I mean, Olson had the same path. Like he struggled his first couple of months when he when he came over, blew up and scored thirty. You know and the, I granted, he's old, he was older. He wasn't eighteen doing that, but um, but it's but it's a I mean, it's a good problem to have. Like they don't want to be super young, but I mean, Kulik plays like he's twenty three already, you yeah. know, and, I mean, there's still some immaturity there. like he you know, he even said he doesn't like to play defense. Like I get it, man. Like nobody likes to play defense. It's you know, that's the hard part of the game. It's not the fun part. You don't score goals playing defense, but I, um, but like with him, rosane's another one man like rosane rosane's got some high-end skill high-end smarts there really he makes some really he made you know very heads-up play to set up tyson kozak uh for the first goal against syracuse in game five he's been doing that kind of stuff all season they tried hammering they hammered him that entire series syracuse has some big physical guys they hammered on him all series and he just kept going didn't didn't let it phase him, didn't cause him to get intimidated. He just, just was like, oh, forget, it. I'm just gonna keep going, keep playing. He's a good player, but I I don't know how you fit him in. It's a nice yeah. pro- like I said, it's a nice problem to have.
1: I, I feel like when it comes to the Fords, I don't think they're gonna go out and they're not gonna add too much because I think they already like what they got. And we didn't even mention guys the next wave that'll be there at some point, like Savoy and Oslin mm-hmm. a, as well. Defensive side, maybe the defensive pairings. Maybe a little bit of a different story. I mean, your top four is pretty much set. Although when I say top four, I'm just including Yoki Haru I don't know if necessarily uh, if you go on and get another defenseman, he maybe he becomes your third-line defenseman. But I'm just saying your four mm-hmm. defensemen seem pretty set. And they do have Stillman and Lubushkin both on their contract for next year. So mm-hmm. neither are free agents. Uh, do you, you still see a path where they add at least one for sure? Probably defenseman, new defenseman, maybe even, maybe even two. Yeah, yeah
2: i i think I think the plan is going to be to find Owen Power's partner uh, yeah. to, to me. I think uh, Yoki Hari's done all right in that role. I think he's a better fit as a number on a third pair defense sure. with Stillman, Labushkin, whoever, you know, either one of those guys. um I think he's that's that's a better fit because I don't there's a lot of how he played with power that I think took away from power. Uh, there was a lot of help there too. Don't get me wrong. Like there was, there's a lot of things he did good for him, but to, the, the negative things stuck out really bad to me. Like there was a lot of times where Owen's looking around, like where the hell's Henry? Well, Oh, he's right here next to me. Okay. That's bad. I don't, <laughs> Oh, he's on my side of the ice. Am I on the wrong side of the ice? Oh no, no, no. Henry just wandered over here. Okay. Well, I better mind the store. You know, little things like that. Sure. Um, I, I like the way Henry plays. I don't see them. Like, I mean, you could, I mean, I guess you could include Henry in a in a trade to to get you know the the right you know partner form but I don't I don't necessarily think they want to do that. I think they like I think they like Henry quite a bit. But that's where like maybe some of those prospects, the forward prospects, because you do you have a stacked up pipeline. I think that's where you use one of those guys. Yeah, maybe two, maybe two to to land that that second pair. You know, you're basically talking about a one, you know, a number one pair and a number one A pair because power, powers, powers line is not going to be playing like 15 minutes a game. They're also going to play 20, 20 plus minutes sure. a with yeah. Dalene and Samuelson. Like that, that is just the way that's going to be. Um, so you want to have somebody that is up to is up to par with that amount of ice time and you know the responsibility parts and and being able to to play it well. I, I think that's I think that's the. I think that's going to be the 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 biggest area they're going to go after. I know goaltending. Everybody's going to scream goaltending. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But defense is is. I think finding Powers' partner is is the is the actual really big one because that solves a lot of the the back end issues. Because if your defense is solid and square and you're set back there takes care of itself you know yeah. That you know it makes the makes the goalies happy the goalies trust it and then you know everything everything kind of goes from there but um but yeah i mean we've already seen them use a draft pick or a prospect to, to to land you know a player to use they traded uh they traded jeremy bloom uh what was that for was that for stillman or was that for greenway or was that for some other dra- i forget either way they they yeah. sh- Adam showed that he's not against using a prospect that it's like, well, the path is really clogged up for him. Let's, let's put this to use. So, um, that's where like, I look at center and I'm like, man, center looks awfully stacked up. And that's why I think middle stat playing wing and being really good on the wing helps out immensely because sure. that opens up a spot up the middle for maybe Savoy, maybe, you know, uh, maybe Oslin at some point, although Oslin, I think it's, it's going to take a little bit more time for him. um, And uh, you know, like, and you're, and you're just like clear, yeah. You clear up that spot, and then you're like, okay, well, where's the path for this guy? This guy, you know, where's Rosane gonna fit in with this group? You know, do we see an area for him? You know, like that's that's where I think a lot of the, if you want to be somebody who predicts trades, I think that's those are the spots to look at, but good luck picking the guys, <laughs> you know, good luck picking the guys out that you think are going to be the most, are, are the ones that they would want to use in a trade.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I feel like two interesting talking points have been set up here with the segment for, for future weeks. One, I'd like to spend some time maybe next week, even talking about potential Sabres, captain candidates, if it doesn't end up being, you know, Kyle lock So, and then also get your take. Maybe we'll go around the league or something and try to seek out a couple of potential great fits for having somebody to play with Owen power. So good talking points there real quick. Before we get to our last segment here, I'm going to be talking plenty of Buffalo bills football with Aaron Quinn from mm-hmm. cover one on tomorrow's show real quick though. So the end, this is the week that the NFL schedule finally comes out. Um, you're a Detroit lions fan. Of course, are you rooting for as many? I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you rooting for as many? Sunday 1 p.m. games uh, as possible or are you cool with seeing the Detroit Lions in, in some primetime action this year
2: the only primetime game I want them in is Thanksgiving and that's at 12 30 in the afternoon <laughs> 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 that's the one thing I like I can set my clock by set my watch to is that they're playing at 12 30 on the third Thursday of November mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing that I like to see I know they're going to get some probably some garbage Thursday night game or some you know some
1: I could see two primetime games. I, I've I've sensed a Thursday night a game night. and a and a Monday, Monday night game. Yeah, I've seen them being that kind of team right now. I, I, I,
2: I think that the, the the way their season ended um, made it put them on the map a little bit um, because they were so close to the playoffs. And sure, they, they've got they've got some upward buzz to them. You know, Hutchinson, the you know, love Hutchinson. They had the hard knocks thing last season, so everybody kind of got to know some of these guys. But um, but yeah, they'll, they'll probably get some other garbage Thursday night game like they play like can't use Jacksonville as a reference anymore but you know maybe they play like the Colts or something and just be like Here, here's some filler for for the air watch Lions Colts on a Thursday night and everybody shuts off their TV but um <laughs> but I mean they they're always they, al- they almost always get put in that sacrificial lamb spot against some like monster team for a Monday night because they want they want that monster team to have a big game and have lots He's got your mom and dad lions no more though, man. I know, but proofs in the pudding, man. Like they gotta <laughs> talk's cheap. Talks always very cheap there. in Detroit. So
1: but your team, uh, you are team. I think your team give me 17 or 16 Sunday 1 p.m. games. If you yeah. had your way, that's what you would prefer.
2: I yeah, I I it gets to four o'clock on a Sunday. I'm just kind of I'm checked out already. Like I I've I've already spent three hours keeping up on football. Like you know, I'm just kind of like that's yeah. ah, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, if I, I if I'm if I'm if they're playing at four o'clock, I have to find a way to ignore the 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 first three hours of games. But it's impossible because there's like eight game eight nine games going on at the same time. So it's yeah. can't do it. So yeah, Sunday at one, it's perfect. I know it's a it's a thing in Buffalo where you know people are like, oh, Sunday at one, Bills are playing no matter what, and it's like, isn't that kind of cool? That nice, like you get to plan your day. Perfect. Like you still have a nighttime if you want, like, I don't
1: know. I sound like a broken record because yeah, if I had my way, the bills would play 17 times at 1 PM on Sunday. I know that's not going to happen. They're a a popular team. They're going to have three to five primetime games this year. I absolutely guarantee. Mm -hmm. Plus they're playing in London. So the schedule comes out Thursday. Well, there's a 9 a.m. game for you. Yeah, which I'm going to get to, which I don't like for a re- for a specific reason. I'm going to tell you why. Well, there's a reason why I don't. I don't like them playing in London. but I have a specific reason why I don't like this either. But when, you, when the schedule comes out, for the most part, you already, people will bitch. Well, you already know you're going to play. You know where you're playing if it's home and away. It does still matter, though. Some teams get. Come out looking well with those schedules. Some teams get screwed a little bit, man. Mm -hmm. You know what matters is: are you playing teams that are coming off buys with extra rest? Are you playing teams on short weeks? So there does there are circumstances where the schedule matters for the Bills. And again, as of right now, we don't know anything except there's one significant leak that I'm bringing up right now with the Bills. They are going to very likely. I I can't think of all the details off the top of my head. I don't have anything Mm -hmm. written down. But long story short. The, the stadium where they're playing in London has their events tickets are on sale and it had listed for the Bills playing there on October 8th, which is, which would be week five, 930 AM Sunday. Again, we all know the Bills are playing in London this year. Yep. We didn't know the date. It, su- it sure sounds like they're playing April 8th and I absolutely hate it. And I'm going to tell you why. The biggest reason why I hate it is because after you play in London, you're going to get a buy. I don't like the Bills having a buy in week six. Week six, that's too Uh, early. mm. So that means the Bills are playing one of, if not the first overseas game of of the season. Well, certainly one of the earlier ones for sure, which means they're going to be getting an early buy. We saw last year the injuries just really took their toll. As a fan of a team, and I'm sure you'd feel the same way about Detroit, give me a buy in week like 10, 11, 12, somewhere around that time where you. You know, later in the year, I get a chance to mend a little bit. I just, I, that's too early for me for a buy. So that's the only thing, the only news that's come out of anything Bills related for sure when it comes to the schedule. I just, it sure sounds like it's true. So yeah, it sounds I, like the Bills are going to play in week five in London against we don't know who. And then they'll six, have a buy after like that. That's,
2: the rest of the season is such a grind. You're talking 12, 12 straight weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. Of yep. games like that and they're gonna and it's gonna be games all over the map mondays thursdays you know sunday yep. nights whatever it's it, that yeah, I don't know. i'm with you i would not feel great about that because we, you saw we, we all saw what happened last year with the injuries and, yeah. and sometimes you just need a, a week to just get a breather maybe you know catch a break you know you, you know
1: lose one less one fewer game for a guy like if I'm if I'm a meat grinder. It is a very big meat grinder. I guess if I am a homer um, or if I'm taking a homer point of view, I would say, all right, well, you know, Von Miller might not be back till around then. So you got to buy a week earlier. So that's one less game that he would actually have to miss if he's going to be back, say maybe two months into the season. Mm-hmm. it's is one less game where you won't have Von Miller on the field. And we all know what an important part of that defense. Um he is, but anyway, like I said, I'll talk plenty of football tomorrow with uh, Aaron on the show. Last segment here, debuting a new segment actually, calling it "Make Me Choose," and it's simple as pie, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to give you two choices, and all you're going to do is tell me your personal preference. Okay, might sports might be music, might be food. We're going to do this every week at the end of the show. Okay. Um, I got six for you this week. Six. All right. Sometimes there'll be more. Um, you know, seeing what we got in front of us. For the show but and again not a lot of like deep though we're not gonna you know no. Take no deep dive into these i'm just gonna throw two things at you man trying to two things that i think are certainly comparable and then you're just gonna give me what your yeah. personal preference is simple enough folks uh let's get started this one might be the hardest of uh the six that i have for this week going back not mj versus lebron but it's gonna be that kind of that kind of deal okay with this. i'm gonna go because just because they were such great players and i love them both so much make it hard for you right off the bat bird versus magic. Mm. And that's how it's going to be all these. So just so you know, bird versus magic. Give me one.
2: I, I grew up in a bird house. My dad's a Celtics fan. I can't go against bird, but I bird bird was cutthroat, man. So was magic. Mm-hmm. Bird was friggin' cutthroat. And the three, I mean, I think, I think you could put bird in the current NBA now. And he would, not be seamless, but he'd be pretty close to it just because he can shoot because he could cause you know he shoot threes like crazy. Not to say that magic would be bad. Magic would not be bad. No. Magic was magic was like ahead of his time being a six nine point guard. You know, like that's you know that's that's ahead of its time, but uh, I agree I think, with you. I, I think I gotta go with Bird. I I that's a real that's a real toss up man. I like, told
1: you I was gonna come yeah. hard with the very first one. I'm I'm yeah. with you man. I'm Bird. I'm Team Bird. It, I love Magic Johnson too, man. It was, he was so much Lakers showtime, so much fun to watch them mm-hmm. as a team. I just Larry Bird just did some crazy shit on the court, man. I just I, I and he would talk shit too, and I loved it. That's
2: that's the thing at learning about later on in life that Bird was a incredible shit talker. It's yeah. like wow. Like the stuff about him at the three point contest, yeah. you know, walking in the locker room is like, all right, which one of you is finishing second? Like Ooh, shit okay and then you <laughs> just and he would just, and like it wasn't empty shit talking he backed it up every time right. It's right. Uh, yeah It's i I would love a book of just all the stories of bird talking garbage at people and then just following it up perfect
1: <laughs> and i want to throw this out there for everybody who's watching or listening to sometimes when we do these segments especially if there are questions that i think might require some kind of like you know retrospective of thinking I'll let Joe know ahead of time what these questions are going to be. But these kind of rapid fire things, Joe doesn't know these. So it's not like he's had time to think on these. These are literally he's airing on the same time that you are? All right. Number two. And I know you're not a big fan of either of these places, but you gotta pick one, man. You gotta choose one. McDonald's <laughs> okay. versus Burger King.
2: Uh McDonald's. Yeah. I I think that's an easy call. I, I I'm not a big fast food burger guy. I know you're not. Honestly, like um, but man, like just ever, what do I get a craving for is, is what that comes down to. And sometimes I get a craving for like nuggets and fries or something. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah it'd be nice to get, get some of that. Yeah. And then you just go and do it. You take care of scratches and itch take care of business. Easy, easy call. That's an easy call for McDonald's.
1: All right. We're, that one was easy. Yeah, I, I would roll with McDonald's too, even though I kind of like Burger King hamburgers. Not, I'm not is, knocking BK. BK. BK's got some good stuff, but like. Right. I, I agree with you. All right. Different errors here, but. Top of a uh, top of the world female musician musicians at their times anyway. Beyonce versus Janet Jackson. Ooh,
2: no, nah, it's, it's Beyonce. Not easy. Beyonce, no, Beyonce is a monster. She's just everything she does is like out of control. Good, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Janet stuff where I was like, eh, pass, hard pass. That's fair. But, you know, I, now mind you, Rhythm Nation uh is it's an, an unbelievable album like that's a sure. that's a great great album um but yeah I know I yeah it's Beyonce Beyonce has way more catchier beats uh with a lot of her stuff and that even ties in with like Destiny's Child like there's so much there's so much stuff yeah I know Beyonce
1: yeah and she's the bigger star too I, I agree with you. I'm 3 for 3 with her green you here love me some Janet and I don't mean to disrespect her because she's an icon but mm-hmm if you're not even the, the best performer in your own family, it's hard to pick someone over, <laughs> over Beyonce, okay. all right, which now, is kind okay. of an unfair thing to all say. Right, I admit that that's, that's like that's,
2: like, that's like the a- argument when people uh, like for Tim Raines, for the baseball hall of fame, there's like, well, he wasn't the best leadoff off hitter of his time. It's like, he's against Ricky Henderson, one of the greatest
1: players of all time. Like like he, saying, but, Dr- Dr- but, Yacht, he's not even the best player on the Oilers. You know what I mean? Hey, I, I, uh, I
2: or, you know, Mark Messier, wasn't the best. He wasn't so good on the Oilers. <laughs> <And Gretzky laughs> uh, was. No shit. Really? No no that, kidding. Like, that's fair. Shitty you tape. Can't by me. To, you can't compare to yeah. like the like, the ultimate pop star Michael. Oh, she wasn't as good as Michael.
1: <laughs> now if Tito,
2: right. if she wasn't as good as Tito or Jermaine, then okay, then all right, then that's that's a hard call or Latoya or something like.
1: No, it's no, it's comparing her to Michael, man. Like I reach, I retract my statement. Oh, <laughs> everyone watching and listening, you didn't, you never heard that. I retract it. All right, uh, three more here. This might be harder for me than I think it is for you, but Cheers versus Seinfeld, two NBC powerhouse shows, one from the 80s, one from the 90s. Cheers versus Seinfeld. God, this is, a, no, this is truly impossible. Um, These are meant to be hard, by the way. If I'm doing my job, that means that these weren't easy ones. Jesus, uh, you know, <sighs>
2: Yeah, this is this sucks. Um, I'm going Seinfeld just because yeah. I I keep quoting Seinfeld all the time, and maybe it's just because it's more recent. And I you know I'll go back and watch Seinfeld episodes more more often than Cheers. Yeah, yeah. There was a summer a few years ago where I you know Cheers was on Netflix. So I was like, I'm watching it beginning to end.
1: Yeah, like, I did that first seasons
2: the me. very like very end. And I remember at the time thinking right. With the sam diane thing right when it came to a head and it was just i was like at the point i'm like dude cut it out just get it over with already just just end this story and then it was the end of that season i'm like i hope that was the end of that and it was and i was like oh thank god and, you know like i it was like a it was like a huge sigh of relief and then you know the Kirstie alley years came in and i was like oh Jesus, okay this is still it still had its fastball i know cheers was on longer cheers has way many way more episodes Uh, But Seinfeld, Seinfeld's still like in my vocabulary. Like that's That's the part that that gets me. Like there's, there's still some cheer stuff that like stands out as funny. Cheers might be the funnier one overall, like as a, as a total, but Seinfeld just sticks.
1: Yeah. I look, man, it's a tough call. I feel like if you're our age and you grew up watching both shows while they were on and while they were hot, it's Mm -hmm. a tough decision. I feel like if you're younger and you're going back and you're trying to watch shows that you were too young to see, I think Seinfeld would blow them away. I don't even think it would be close. Because Seinfeld, I feel like, is more pop culture, socially relevant today. But again, if you watch them both during their heights, Mm -hmm. I would say it's a tough call. For me, I actually probably would say Cheers. But again, you go Mm -hmm. back and you watch them now, and it's close. I think Cheers is severely outdated. Like in today's world, yeah, where Seinfeld would still be a little more relevant. I mean, Cheers is pretty much a weekly sexual harassment case against Carla, somebody every time you know, the lab, so, was just, or Sam, was a or diff- both. yeah, right, or Sam, exactly. It was a much different world, let's just put it that way. When Cheers mm-hmm. aired in uh, the 80s, I love both shows, obviously. I, I would lean a little bit towards uh, Cheers personally,
2: that's just me. I, I think that's because. The age you were when Cheers was going was the same age I was when Seinfeld when was Sein- going. That's so it's like right in that too. prime, like, like sure, late, like teenage years where you're really watching mm-hmm. like whatever's like the, you know, the, the the fun shows were. And like, you just, you know, you get sucked into it. Like,
1: yeah.
2: So like the, the like, I, I just think like the last season of Seinfeld was like what my freshman, freshman year of college, freshman, sophomore year of college. For, I forget. So it's like that whole show was like all through high school for me. So it was just, wheelhouse yeah
1: all right two more here this one is probably one of the most asked and probably one of the most difficult um questions that certainly you'll get on this segment just overall one of the hardest musical questions to choose from ever going back to an era that i know you're a big fan of as well Mm -hmm. pearl jam versus nirvana Ooh, she gotta make me choose the name of the segment so you got to choose one pearl jam versus nirvana it's a hard one for most people. Maybe it's not for you. It's, it, it seems like it is right here. Yeah, this um, this is it's not as tough
2: for me. Um, I I love Nirvana and I love like how it established that whole scene. Love that. Um, but Pearl Jam for me is the way more lasting one, and it's not just because they're still making albums now. Like I, their last few albums, like I have them, I listen to them, and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But like they're their prime stuff, like their first four or five albums are like constant rotation for me. Like, I mean, it's evident by you turn on a classic rock station, you hear like, you hear the same songs all the time. You know, you hear Blackie or Jeremy or, you know, all the all that stuff alive. Like you, you hear it constantly, but, um, but those first few, those first few albums just really stuck with me. It, if you, if you broke it down, uh, like certain albums were certain albums, that's when things get that's when it gets hard for mm-hmm. me like if you compared like and second albums you compared verses to in utero i I'd, I'd have to walk away for an hour <laughs> 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 to really think it over and to really go over it because sure. those, because like those were those were like you know me walking to pick up the bus for school album like in the walk in on a cassette in the walkman no i'm not 900 years old but like that's you know i didn't get a disc man for you know for a while but um but like those tapes got worn out sure big time like i mean absolutely ruined those two and then like the downward spiral like all th- all those core by Pipe, like all those albums had them on cassette and they just got i just wore them the hell out um but yeah, if you brought yeah, if you want to get really mean, you start breaking them down
1: album versus album and I'll I'll die every week. <laughs> I would uh I would go Pearl Jam as well. I do feel like if I were to put a poll up on Twitter asking the same question, I bet you it would be 55% to the winner. Like maybe 55 45. I think it would be pretty close. I think there's a lot of people out there who would pick Nirvana? Not you and I, uh, apparently. That's, that's though, a
2: poll but, worth doing. I think that's
1: that's that's a real. That's I a will do answer. it. You know what? It's settled. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a poll <laughs> later this week, and I'm predicting right now on the podcast that the winner is gonna get fifty five percent. All right, last one. And I tell you what, if you're thirty years old or under, you're probably hearing this hearing are like, huh? going to Google. But sure. supermodels: Cindy Crawford versus Kathy Ireland. Hmm.
2: Uh, I was for me. I was an ardent Kathy Ireland fan. Yeah, loved love her like that. That was like huge teenage crush. Like, you know, early. Like early puberty years, Kathy Ireland was just, uh, and then she was in necessary roughness. And you're just I was like, just going to
1: bring that up. Coolest, man. She's the
2: coolest girl ever. Whoa, <laughs> like everything about that was just kind of like, whoa, the dream girls in the movie. That's so cool. And yeah. Uh, Cindy, I mean, listen, <laughs> that's, that's an impossible comparison. I'm telling but, you, yeah.
1: it's, no, I, it's that's the object, though. But yeah, man, I, I thought a necessary roughness. I'm going to go. I'm going to give a slight edge to Cindy Crawford, though. I was completely obsessed with her Pepsi ads. She was a true God, superstar. She nice. was a legit supermodel, yeah. man. I mean, they both mm-hmm. were too. Oh, Kathy yeah. Ireland was a movie star, or it sort of became one. Name. Well, yeah, the one movie star movie. might be pushing it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. she was in a movie, it might have been just that one movie, <laughs> <laughs> maybe one other one. I don't know,
2: but, but yeah, she, I, I I think Cindy was definitely the bigger star. Like she was like an icon, mm-hmm. like model icon, and Kathy Ireland was like you know swimsuit issue, yeah. sports illustrated swimsuit issue, like. In it all the time, like front cover all the time. But I don't know, it was something I don't know. Forget what it, you know, I, I don't know what it was about her. But I was just always like, wow, she's neat.
1: She is. Oh, there's a <laughs> beautiful woman, man. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So now you kind of get an idea of what we're going to be doing here at the end of these shows. That's going to do it for today. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yerden. Of course, again, go to NotedHockey.substack.com. You know what? Just go to Substack and type in. Noted hockey, or
2: go to NotedHockey.com. dot That that'll bucks. take you there too.
1: Oh, you can skip. You can si- skip. Oh, yeah. the Substack, really? Oh, I, all right. Well, regardless, I spend, man, I spend a little money. The pony plus, up, you know, man. Joe does his show for me every week. You, you see him all the time on Twitter. Pony up five bucks, man. Don't be to, cheap. It's. Uh, I had to make sure can... uh,
2: Elon <laughs> didn't censor my <laughs> website from Twitter. So um, putting really normal,
1: put it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh, he was putting warning.
2: Like, that's right up for links to Substack, and I'm like, I can't have this shit.
1: That's man. right. So, uh, make so. sure you check that out, of course. Maiden State podcasts, uh, check Joe's Twitter Lance Ozowski from the Buffalo News. They get together and they do their shows whenever their schedule allows them to. So, make sure you look out for that. And, of course, Joe's work on the Bleach Report as well. Thanks, buddy man. And you also, like I said, when we were doing our Sabre stuff, he gave me some future ideas as well. So, Thanks a lot buddy always good having you on, man
2: always good to be here pat and uh, happy happy i could uh, help produce some uh, some future content for us to to handle